Let's give them a hand. Amen. That's kind of cool. I've never been introduced by vacationing pastor and first lady before. This is uh, a new horizon for me, praise God. Uh, well, we are happy to be here with you today, for sure. Um, I just want to uh, let you know my lovely wife is here with me, Nita Fay, and uh, uh, she is my bride of 44 years, and uh, praise God. And uh, we've known each other for 47, so we dated while I was in the Air Force uh, for three years, so I would spend my entire 30-day leave just to come back and see her, and that'd be all my vacation for the year, and I'd wait for the next year and go back and see her. So when people tell us that long-distance relationships don't work, they don't know our God, amen, that's for sure. Um, we have um, three children. Um, a boy, two girls, and um, we have two grandchildren that are 22 and 21 now. So uh, we've been around for a minute, and uh, as, they, as Matt said, we're the founding pastor and first lady of Living Hope Bible Church. Um, we founded it in 92, and this year they uh, celebrate their 30th uh, anniversary, and um, in uh, 90, I'm sorry, in 2019, um, my wife was um, um, diagnosed with dementia, and uh, so I went to uh, our board and said, hey, uh, my wife has hung in there with me through pastoring this church for 27 years and 25-year uh, Air Force career and 12 uh, and a half years police chaplain of Aurora. It's her time now, and so I am going to retire and go home and take care of my bride. So we are laughing through each day together, and our love story continues. So we thank God for that. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Now, I forgot to mention in first service, uh, um, I had some people come up and say, your voice sounds familiar. And uh, I went, oh, I meant to mention that. Uh, so I don't know how many of you have listened to 94.7 KRKS or KLTT over the years or KLDC, uh, but um, uh, I am the pastor, the voice behind Hope is Alive. And, um, and also uh, Crosswalk, Gino Geraci, I'm the guy that fills in for him uh, from time to time. So, you're not, you're not hearing things. It is uh, because you've heard this voice before. Amen? All right. Well, I do have some association with uh, you guys. Uh, our church does. We used to partner with Emmanuel down in Cherry Creek. We spent one year sharing the, the building down there, and that is uh, the, the building um, and the uh, fellowship that uh, this church was birthed out of. And so um, we got to know some of the older folks that were from Emmanuel and uh, uh, helped you guys when you came here for that first year to kind of get established. And so I feel like your family. Also, we're part of the Converge family, uh, and I've served in Converge in, in multiple roles, but as um, Director of Diversity for the national uh, team, and also uh, on, I serve presently on the Board of Overseers 
for um, uh, Converge Rocky Mountain region. And so we're all family already before we even know it, okay? So I'm going to go ahead and get into the Word because that's why I'm here. Uh, I'm going to be reading out of the book of Luke, the 22nd chapter in the 24th verse. And I'm going to read to verse 30. The Word of God reads this way. Now there was also a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. But not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be the younger, and he who governs as he, as he who serves. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? Yet I am among you as the one who serves. But you are those who have continued with me in my trials, and I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my Father bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Amen. So, this whole conversation has, has started um, because of the human uh, approach to leadership. And uh, what I want to talk to you about today is the heart of leadership. And that is what God wants to instill in us as godly leaders. And then as a um, subtitle, I just want to say to you all that we need to calm down. God knows who you are. Just pump the brakes. Calm down. It's going to be all right. And uh, my first point today is very simply this. Our human approach to leadership um, is one that, that incorporates this idea of winners and losers. Uh, this scripture right here is by no means the only scripture that lists this. For we find in Matthew in the 20th chapter that this same conversation is taking place. Uh, we also find it in Mark in the 10th chapter that this is taking place. Now, now in Matthew, I mean, it even goes further. I mean, this is, you know, this is James and John we're talking about. And in Matthew, it goes further. It, it says that their mom, the mother, the wife of Zebedee's sons, came to Jesus, knelt down, and asked him, can you do me a favor? Can my son, one sit at your right hand and one sit at your left hand when you get into your kingdom? So not only are they asking, but their mom is asking. Is asking Jesus. And the indignation that you see happening right here from the other ones, that they were like, oh, how dare you? Oh, I can't believe that you, and you got your mama doing this? Oh, come on. Why do you think they were upset? You can talk back to me. Why do you think they were upset? They didn't think of it first. <laughs> they wanted it. That's why they're arguing. That's why they're having this conversation about who should be the greatest, who is the greatest. And by the way, this isn't the first conversation they've had. If you look uh, at uh, Luke 9:48, they had this exact same conversation that Jesus said the children 
don't suffer them to come to me because of these are the kingdom of heaven. And if you don't humble yourself as a little child, they shall be first in the kingdom of heaven. He also told them that those that serve are going to be exalted in heaven. So we've had this conversation. We've had this conversation in Matthew and other places, like Matthew 18, where he tried to get them to understand that, look, you have to serve others. That's how this works. And Jesus himself showed them to serve others. But the way that we've been taught in the human condition is different. The way that we've been taught is kind of goes like this. We've been taught winners and losers. We've been taught trans, uh, transactional relationships where you suck up to the boss or you do something good for someone who has influence that can raise you up. How do I get to the top of this organization? How do I get to a point of influence so that I can influence those underneath me? That's how we've been taught. And so worldly leadership is not leadership with a heart. It's not the type of leadership that God sent the Son to come and to teach us. And so we have to be taught. From that vantage point, we're no different than they are. As they jockeyed for position, they're thinking when we get to heaven, it's going to be a hierarchy like we got here. So if you will, they think that Jesus is going to be president. They're trying to see who's going to be vice president and who's going to be chief of staff. And let's say that they get it right and say, okay, Jesus is vice president. Then they're trying to see who's going to be secretary of state and who's going to be the um, um, advisor to the president. National security advisor. That's not how it works in the kingdom of heaven. Number two, this thing, this um, human approach to leadership is built on our whole thing about having, you know, a desire to be great and, and having pride in who we become. And these are, these are the things that were part of the seedlings of the very first sin. And that was what? The pride of what? Life? Lust of the eyes? Lust of the flesh? What was the fruit seen as? Seen as something that was good for food? Seen as something that would make one wise? The lie was, and be like God? They were jockeying for position even in the garden. And that is part of what sets us up in the human condition. And as long as we understand it, as long as we understand that serving is what brings God glory and not trying to bring glory unto ourselves, then we're good. We're, we've calmed down and we understand God knows who you are. And, and due season will raise you up if that is his desire and purpose. You know, Scripture tells us when you come into a place, don't take the seat of honor, but take the seat in the back. Why? Because if you take the seat of honor and there's someone that comes in that's more honorable than you, it's kind of embarrassing, but the usher knocked, taps you on the shoulder and said, no, you got to sit back here. So why not take that seat at first and then have them bring you up front if, in fact, that is your place? But that's not really how we are taught. And then lastly is that our human approach to leadership emphasizes recognition on the earth. 
It emphasizes being known on the earth and people applauding you on the earth. And I'm here to tell you that I would rather have uh, jewels in my crown and receive my crown in heaven that will never fade away and where rust does not corrode and moth do not eat than have someone in a local assembly or business or church setting give me praise because of all the great things that I've done. Because that praise is fleeting, it's gone, and half the folk clapping don't really mean it. So, this is what Jesus was approached with. And, and, and you know, he told him, he says, look, guys, this isn't what this is about. First of all, this thing that you're asking for, it's not my place. That's the Father's place. And we have to wait till we get to heaven. He's already got folks assigned to this stuff. Not only that, he says later on, don't worry about it. You guys are going to rule the 12 tribes of, of Israel. I was trying to save that as a surprise. but <laughs> So don't worry about it. God knows who you are. No, no worries. One, one of the things that, that blows me away about this is that uh, it has been recorded uh, in history that this system of human leadership has been around forever. And, and Christ alludes to this when he talks about the benefactors. In, in other words, uh, we know from Josephus, who is the Jewish historian, who was captured by the Romans and was actually on the road that they built or the bridge that they built to get the Masada, and he recorded all of that. And is also recorded by Phileo or um, uh, Phileo, whoever it is that you would want to pronounce that, those that have the Greek background, we'll call it Phileo from philosophy. Phileo of Alexandria says the same thing, is that the people always gave praise to those who lorded it over them or ruled over them in hope that their praise would be recognized so that they could be elevated. And so it is a natural occurrence. And when Jesus came, they thought, okay, great, he's going to topple Caesar, and then he's going to be in control of the Roman Empire, and how do I fit into this? When Jesus came, he had a whole different philosophy. First of all, the spiritual approach to leadership is the opposite of our human approach. And, and haven't you learned by studying scripture that many times what we have established down here is usually the opposite of the way it's going to be in heaven? You know, just like when it says the, the children have angels before God that always behold the face of God. Think about this the next time you mistreat a child, that their angel is before God pleading their case at all times. And then Jesus said, and I, 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 you know, have mercy on you if you mess with one of these kids. Because God, they're special to him. And how do we do the kids? Well, you know, they're underfoot. You don't know nothing yet. Tom, you know, what about holidays? How many of you have had experienced the kid table? 
Come on. Yeah, you put them over here to the kid table, and I guess that's a rite of passage. Uh, again, the day you get promoted from the kid's table is a, a big deal, right? But we don't really want to hear from the kids. We, we, we want to, you know, direct them a little bit, but, you know, we want to be the dictator parents, which we should be, because when they're young, they don't know anything, and so we need to lead them. But, but that whole idea of leadership is opposite where they are going to hold a higher place. The same thing with us who serve. Those of us who, who serve are going to hold higher places than those who are lorded, lording over those who serve. Those who serve are esteemed by God. He lifts them up, and Jesus esteemed those who serve. Think about the disciples. These are not the scholars from the greatest university, these guys are like fishermen. These guys are like hanging out around the Sea of Galilee. You know, I, I've been to their towns. I've been to, you know, where they grew up at. I've been on the Sea of Galilee. It's not really a great thing. But, but these guys were seen as people that Jesus said, come and follow me because, because I can use you. And maybe because the way I'm going to use you has nothing to do with what you bring to the table, maybe I can get you to give God the glory because you know that you can't do it or couldn't do it on your own. You know that this is the Spirit of God that is at work. And so the kingdom of heaven works a little bit differently. Also, Jesus, our Savior, is our greatest example. He served. And, and, and right along with this, this dialogue that's going on, if you look in the book of John, in fact, I'll tell you where to look. Um, if you look at uh, John 13 and 4, that's during the same time. So we're in the upper room, and um, Judas has already been dismissed. And uh, they're having this conversation, and, and then Jesus kneels down and starts washing their feet. So here this word picture, here this example is that I am going to serve you. You just had a conversation about which one is the greatest, but the Savior is now on his knees washing feet. Not only that, gets to Peter and he goes, no, I'm not having it. You're the Savior. Not washing my feet. Not going to do it. And Jesus says, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part of me. And then Peter says, don't just wash my feet. Wash all of me. And Jesus is like, no, nah, take a bath at home. I'm doing your feet. <laughs> so Jesus himself is the example, and he's trying to get us to follow that example and to be a servant and impact in ways that we can't even imagine. My heart was broken and heavy when Ukraine was invaded. Uh, I, uh, I used to teach at the Kiev Christian University there in Kiev. You call it Kiev today. And uh, my heart was broken for my students. My heart was broken for the faculty. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd seen this. I've, I've gone through museums. I've, I've gone to villages where not a single 
male returned after war under Stalin, where there was just um, bushkas, there were just old women. And I've been to graveyards where Stalin, who had a campaign to kill anyone, scholars, doctors, lawyers, anyone that he felt was smarter than him because he did not want down the road for them to rebel against him. And so a graveyard full of scholars. And I watch what they've gone through. And I'm humbled because when I work with them and when we would go to the villages and the high density areas and out into the uh, countryside, I saw people hungry, hungry for the word, and, and I saw people that were um, looking for God to do extraordinary things in their life and allowing me to minister to them and allowing me to pray over them and for them to come and lay hands on me and pray over me. So humbled. It is service, and our students got that. It is service that opens the door for those that are unbelievers to even give you a right to an audience of what you got to say about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Service opens the door. But a lot of us want to be, you know, the big shot. Trust me. You need to calm down because God knows who you are. Uh, I remember a, a lady told me once her son was climbing the corporate ladder and he's always bragging about it. And he told her, told her son, she said, you know, the higher you climb in the ladder, the more you're behind shows. <laughs> God knows who you are. We're not fooling God. God knows your plan. God knows, knows your strategy. God knows what you're going to do next. So why not partner with God and let's do what he wants done, not what we think we should do to impress God. Let's not let God in on our plans. Let's us yield and become servants and hear the plan of God. And then once we see it, join God in what he is doing. Lastly, God is calling us to serve through leadership. A servant leadership is what God is calling for. I, um, I remember years ago, I saw this quote on a wall. And I used to quote it all the time. And, and then I, I discovered that it was on uh, President Reagan's desk as well. And the quote is this, there is no limit to what a man can do or where he can go if he does not mind who gets the credit. There's no limit to what a man can do and how far that man can go or gal or lady if he doesn't mind, they don't mind who gets the credit. And, and I did some research because um, I definitely knew this or heard this before uh, Reagan was uh, president. And uh, sure enough, I think the earliest occurrence is uh, from a Jesuit priest, uh, Father Strickland in 1863, who said these wise words that there's no limit to how, f how far you can go, what an impact you can make 
if you don't mind, who gets the credit. Just do it. If it's right to do, just do it. Be a servant. Uh, I said in the first service that I was sweeping the um, sidewalk one Saturday at the church, and a car comes up, and uh, there's a couple and a little boy in there, about six, seven-year-old little boy, and they said, so when are your services start here at the church? And I went, oh, tomorrow, and I told them the service times, and uh, I said, yeah, just come and join us. And they said, oh, thank you very much. So the next day they came, and... Um, they sat in their seat, and then when it came time to preach, I get up to preach, and they're like, ah! <laughs> it was the pastor. <laughs> and so afterwards, uh, you know, they came up to greet me, and they're like, oh, my God, we're so sorry. We didn't know you were the pastor. I said, what are you sorry about? The sidewalk needs sweeping. I had a broom in my hand. Let's sweep has nothing to do with title, has nothing to do with pomp and circumstance, has nothing to do with that. And that's what Jesus is hammering away uh, time after time after time, trying to get them to understand that in the kingdom of heaven, it's about service. It's about impacting others. And while we're down here, listen, listen, the only reason we're down here still is to tell people about Jesus we can't get more saved by being here. We're born again. We're saved. We can't, get, we can't get more righteous by being here. Why? Because it's not our righteousness. Remember Romans 5 and 17 says that righteousness is given to us as a gift. We are the righteousness of God because the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Something of God dwells within us and that shows ownership. That's our escrow until we get to the house. And so therefore, we impact other people with the love that God has shown us. And by the way, he has shown us love first so we would know how to unconditionally love other people. Because, you know, we got issues. You know, if you cross me, I, I love you, but I don't like you. Well, what kind of love is that? You can keep that. But it is the love that he gives to us that we reflect back to him by serving others. Servant leadership also includes informal leadership. There are many of you who are leaders in this church, and you're leaders, but you don't have a title. That's because as an informal leader... You don't need a title. You just come and help. No one even knows you've done whatever. No one knows you helped put up the chairs. No one knows that you helped clean up. No one knows that you helped volunteer. They, you know why? Because it's service. And, and informal leadership, especially in God's church, is some of the most influential leadership there is. When you think nobody is watching, guess what? Calm down. God is watching. And if you don't get recognized here, guess what? God is waiting to say thank you when you get to heaven. And I'd rather wait till then. When I go to heaven, I'm not looking for all these folks, man. I can't wait to see Grandma. I, I want to see Jesus. I saw Grandma. I saw Mama. I want to see Jesus. I've never seen Jesus. 
The other thing is that, you know, I'm not trying to rush the process. When my time comes, my time comes. But I skydive with my kids. I scuba dive. I whitewater raft, been thrown out. Um, I motorcycle with my wife, almost 40 years now. We got the retirement bike now. We got the BMW. <laughs> Amen. So we, we're riding in style now, I'm here to tell you. Long way from my Honda 350 in the beginning. I want to come skidding into heaven and telling God, thanks for the ride. I want to leave it all on the field. And I want to do that in service. I want to help somebody. I have a neighbor across the street, and um, I cut his grass. And um, I snow blow his driveway and shovel his driveway. He's an older gentleman. He's 77. And I've been doing it now for about 10 years. But early on, I started cutting his grass, and then he went and bought a lawnmower. And I went, what'd you buy that for? He said, oh, my wife's on my case about you cutting my grass. <laughs> I go, what? No, she doesn't think you should be cutting my grass. So I bought this lawnmower. I said, doesn't matter. I'm still going to cut your grass. So one day he says, Robin, why do you keep cutting my grass, man? And I said, you know what? One of your vehicles have a purple heart on the license plate, and the other one has a silver star. They don't give those out to anybody. I don't know what you did in Vietnam, but I know you sacrificed. And I don't know what that purple heart wound was for, but I know it caused you pain. And my way of saying thank you for your service and sacrifice is cutting your grass and shoveling your driveway. I serve you. You know, that guy never failed to come to the church. <laughs> he just comes, he sits in the back, and I go, yeah, there's my neighbor stands. Like, hey, how you doing? He's, a, he's an old colonel. He's like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Service impacts people. Leadership that brings glory to God is this type of service. And we have to major in this. First of all, this is a learned behavior. It doesn't come natural to us. We weren't born with this. And so we have to learn. I've often said that evidence that learning has taken place is that there is a change in behavior. Evidence that learning has taken place is that there's a change in behavior. If I'm reading scripture and I never change my behavior and I go, oh, you know, that's good. I, you know what? I, I need to do that. And I never do it. I never change. Then I haven't learned. And it hasn't impacted me. We have to learn to serve others the way that Christ serves us. We have to learn it. It's a learned behavior. And in this scripture, in 1 Peter 5 and 2 through 6, it says, Feed the flock of God among you, taking the oversight, not by compulsion, but 
willingly, nor for base gain, but readily, nor as lording it over those allotted, but becoming examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a never-fading crown of glory. Likewise, young ones be subject to older ones, and all being subject to one another, put on humility, for God resists the proud ones, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, be humbled under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. God does the exalting, and he does so in due time. He knows when to raise you up. He knows when you're ready. Calm down. He knows who you are. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, dear Lord, for this opportunity. We thank you for everyone here. We pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that, Lord, the truth of this message, Father, and these scriptures will impact us and that, Father, as a result, there'll be a change in behavior. Father, let us lead with the heart. And, Father, let us always remember, you see us. You know us. You know what we've done. Calm down. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. Amen.